right here on African Rhythms. And welcome to another African Rhythms um, suite. We got to start just a little bit early this time. And once again, I'm very proud to have as my co-host, Mike Ingram. And let's just see if we can get you on mic here, Mike. All there right. we go. There we go. Bye, yeah. Gremlins. There we you go. Were, you were at some, on some other channel there for a second. <laughs> yeah, I've been told that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all are occasionally. <laughs> and we're hoping to have in the studio a mystery special guest DJ from New York, as well as local DJ Clarence. Don't know exactly what time they'll be arriving. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, let's keep everybody dialed up on... A beautiful array of soul music once again. Oh, looking forward to tonight. And some good stuff here. Sam D's, you know, the more you play them, the more I like this guy. I really love the stuff that he does. Yeah. And his record from 75, as I've said many a time, considered the Van Gogh of soul. High honor. High praise. Ah, it, it's intriguing what people like. You know, I know we've talked the last couple of shows about how... Um, tastes vary and it really comes down to what you're exposed to yeah. you know people across the water hearing all this good stuff it's understandable that they like it you know but in a lot of markets in the states uh, you, you mentioned Sam Dees to some folks and they're still scratching their heads who is this guy exactly this is why um, I'm certainly very thankful to people such as Voices and the Chicago Soul Book I believe his name is Robert Pruder yes indeed yeah there are other sources too. Um, Japan, there's been a lot of stuff been going on there, and we've been. I've, I've certainly got a few lists from over that way, and I've certainly learned a lot from those guys, as well as even such magazines as Black Echoes, as it, as it was originally called, which is a weekly soul and reggae magazine out of England, and Blues and Soul, mm -hmm. another excellent magazine. Richard Sterling in the new issue of that, which gives his top 30. I know you haven't heard that name, Mike, but he is actually one of the top British soul DJs. He's the man behind Expansion Records. Uh, okay. That, yeah, that put out uh, that Oasis track, yes, Helen Baylor. Yes, that yeah. was beautiful. All people around the world supporting this great soul music. Uh, nice to see that the branches of the soul tree are extending around the world, my brother. Yeah, it is. A great track. We did a, a socially conscious hour last week, and here's yet another track I meant to bring, but I, I forgot at the last minute, but this is a key track from the Sam D's Show Must Go On album, Child of the Streets. <laughs>
but he might OD before the end of night. Yeah, your sister used to be real sweet until she started hanging out in the street. It's mother like daughter, father like son, child of the streets. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? 
beautiful Etta James boy you know the, the the pain in her voice being soulful was a beautiful outlet for her Mike being know? soulful was a natural out, uh, outlet for her too um, little peaches Miss Peaches uh, Etta James struggled for years with heroin addiction and uh, mm. she's been recording since 1954 so considering the date of that album you know, she's put in a lot of mileage man been through a lot of pain and stuff yeah I mean you talk about deep soul and the development Solomon Burke and the early pioneers, and Etta is one of those, you know. A lot of parallels. I mean, the drug stuff aside, a lot of parallels between her and James Brown in the, f in the, in the sense that uh, Etta had a beautiful, strong instrument in the beginning. You know, a lot of her earlier ballads like At Last and, and Stop the Wedding. and uh, At Last is wonderful. Oh, man, it, it's, that, is a, that is a classic as far as arrangement and singing and everything in that whole regard. But the, when the heroine really started to get to her and she had that period in the late 60s where she stopped recording for a while because it was really getting to her. Um, 
a lot of that came out of her. A lot of her, her gift was gone, but she still had that soul and she replaced it. And like you said, all that pain's been, you know, replicated through her voice. Yeah, somebody that uh, really an, an integral part of uh, what the show is all about. And a lot of know. strength in that lady, too. She's done a lot of anti-drug spots for, for various charities and organizations mm -hmm. because after the late 70s, I believe, she was clean, at least as clean as you can possibly be. And, mm -hmm. and she's been clean and sober since that time frame. Fantastic. And another person that um, I've wanted to feature, and we finally got around to it, going to do a little set on the fantastic Rance Allen, a man who is dedicated in bringing gospel-style music to the masses, to the pop, funk, soul crowd. What a brilliant idea to cover tunes like Just My Imagination, The Temptations, which we're about to hear, and call it Just My Salvation. Exactly. Just, just a brilliant idea. Showdown uh, covering the Isleys. And yep. this this was a great idea, and the men had the goods to pull it off. Excellent. Incredible, singing. excellent point. This this is what we were. This is where we were getting at in the last show when we were talking about people like Paul Kelly and stuff like that, being able to just cross the bridge, and and not make a big fuss about a toll with regard to are you serving God properly mm -hmm. by you know praising Him. It's like it doesn't matter whether you make God the first person, the third person, or no person at all. Anytime you're expressing, you're 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 giving glory. So he mm -hmm. was an excellent example of showing that you could rock and sold that gospel and nobody's going to get offended by it. But the interesting thing with Rance Allen is he's praising God, I believe, whether that's your philosophy or not, you can really appreciate and perhaps feel a little bit closer to his affinity or even philosophy. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's... So I, I, no, I just wanted to say I like his style so much because he's not trying to beat people over the head with God. He's just yeah. saying, here's, he's just my inspired by yeah, here's my translation, this is what it's doing for me and y'all can dig this. Yeah, okay, well, let's not keep everybody waiting any longer, and let's get into just a beautiful set of some choice Rance Allen moments. And the first track that will be good enough for me. To Paris in the spring or the fall. I've never been to India. See the Taj Mahal. Oh no, no. I've never been to Switzerland. No, no. See the Winter Games play. I've never been to New Orleans on Carnival of Monte Grotti, Never been to London On a foggy day I've never been Here I've gone to live play I can only make it to heaven That would be good enough for me Because heaven is a place Where I want to be mm -hmm. 
Where I go, ooh, is just 
is a track called Ain't No Need of Crying, called
the ever soulful Rance Allen and some quite amazing swoops and dives there, Mike. Amen, brother. The brother was he had the spirit going through him there. I tell you, Rance uh, really deserves a lot of credit for staying true to what he believed in. And it's very easy that hearing an instrument like that, he could have gone pop and made major coin, and he decided to follow you know his beliefs as spirit and whatnot and he, he went with what he thought was best for him i mean i find it's just a music that has inspired me since the day i heard it and still gives me goosebumps you know it just it does not lose feeling you know velocity if, if the if the basis of this show is to expand on soul uh there's a that was a real good set exampling or exemplifying the the abilities of that through rance allen we were having a little conversation. Maybe you can just recall my mind. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I, really the bottom line in it was, David, that, you know, we, we, we've talked about all these great performers and, and these great groups and how a lot of them maybe, when you look at things on the surface, they didn't seem like they got a fair shake with regard to maybe some of the levels of their careers in comparison to other uh, genres of music. But the thing that was always the constant was that everyone, no matter how long they were in it, uh, no matter how they went about doing what they were doing, everyone could do what they did well you you knew no one was going to step out on that stage and not sing everyone can sing this was one of these genres where you couldn't fake anything you couldn't come out there half behind you had yeah. to be able to yeah I mean, those show. people um if you couldn't sing you, you just basically wouldn't get anywhere um you didn't I, mean, bother. Uh, I, mean, I mean look at what you had to do at the apollo you know exactly I mean, you got on the stage and you had to drive those people with your soul to get them on their feet and um the greatest singers um apparently all got their start there well you know it wasn't just the apollo it was all of those theaters that we talked about um briefly last show on the on what we call that chitlin circuit there were the regal in chicago the uptown in philly you know there were all of those theaters where the but the mood was the same if you did not knock them dead in those first couple of chords yeah forget it yeah it's fascinating really because in other musical forms i mean i'm not knocking other musical forms i mean certainly in classical music and in jazz music having great chops the same thing but perhaps some other forms where the novelty value is more important this was different than soul music i mean soul music was about great singers about a higher art form great songwriting i mean you talk about the classic days atlantic and stacks mm -hmm. there was a a host of great songwriters, a host of great singers. Now, it wasn't surprising that there's all these great tracks hidden away on the albums because when you've got those two ingredients together, how can you go wrong, really? That's true. And, and, and even in addition to that, it was about mental toughness as well. You could not be a performer and know that you were going to face a crowd like that without knowing that you were going out there to slay them. You'd go out there, knock them dead, make them feel that emotion in those first few bars and mm. stuff, and then you knew you had them, and then you could relax and work whatever your show was, but it was like, it was a strong, only the strong survive kind of mentality, and if you were good enough to survive those crowds, you were in because they knew you were going to be always that good. You had been through the burning sands and had, you know, yeah. taken the worst that you could possibly take. So everything from then on was a cakewalk. And I know Michael Jackson was very influenced by his dancing. This man was a consummate professional, an incredible singer. I mean, I mean, how can you say too much about Jackie man, Wilson? One of the unchallenged greats, as Ali would say, of all times. I mean, <laughs> on, on the marquee at Apollo, there have only been two male performers with the title of Mr. And Mr. Excitement was James Brown and Mr. Entertainment was Mr. Jackie Wilson. Yeah, we're now going to present to you, we're going to present a longer set of Jackie, but we will break in between, give you some more insights and knowledge. going to try to play 
not just the killer tunes you might know, like Repetite and Higher and Higher and all those, but we're going to play some other tracks from those albums, focusing on different aspects of his career, his comeback um, in 66, when he uh, kind of his answer back music to the Motown scene, if you will. But he's a great balladeer too. We're going to play a couple of those tracks. But to start with, one of my favorites, Love is Funny That Way. <laughs> Jackie Wilson sat next from the incredible final album that he made in the mid-70s, and this is a ballad called Nobody But You. One of the unchallenged greats, as Ali would say, of all time. No one ever made me feel that I could ever make it 
No one ever gave me anything All they did was take it No one ever held my hand When I needed them to Oh yeah, yeah Nobody, nobody but you Yes, it can 
But while a voice within me sort of cries, maybe someone may answer my call. Then this bitter earth may not be so bitter, bitter after all. The multi versatile. That's Jackie Wilson. Wonderful track, Mike. Oh man, a sweet cover of the Dinah Washington classic, This Bit of Earth. I mean, it, it's. We know that Marvin Gaye was a wonderful talent, and we know that Smokey and a lot of the Motown talents had their place, but uh, it would have been really interesting to see what would have happened had he been able to, had Jackie Wilson been able to have been released from his contract at Brunswick and worked exclusively with Barry Gordy. Yeah, and the unfortunate thing is that um, he really hasn't been fairly and properly uh, compiled. Um, in England, they a few years back, they put out a couple of compilations. They were kind of of poor quality, uh, the Soul Years, Volume 1 and 2. But um, that's how I started to learn more about um, the lesser-known album tracks. But that one, in fact, um, I discovered myself. And I really wondered, I looked on the new CD box set that came out and other stuff, and that track was just not to be found, as well as uh, th th that last one. And, and it's sad, really, because this is Jackie at his peak, and it deserves to be heard, like the Marvins and the Smokies, the other people that are getting heard. Well, you know, we could make the argument that Jackie Wilson was an AR man's uh, nightmare, because there was just so much talent there, unless you were someone who had the foresight, say, of a Barry Gordy, you didn't know what the heck to do with this guy. I mean master showman uh, a world-class dancer mm. powerful on stage as well as in the studio i mean they tried everything they could possibly try with this man to, to try to make him sound like this and sound like that i mean one time with the neoclassical stuff like night try to make him like the black mario lanza and yeah. then you know try to do the gospel thing try to do the pop thing brunswick was never satisfied because whoever it was there at the top didn't know what the heck to do with this man well Let's face it, Jackie made Brunswick. Brunswick would not have been without Jackie. Amen. I mean, he paid the bills. There was double dealing. Uh, Nat Tarnapol ripped him off. It would finally came out in court after Jackie finally, sadly, collapsed on stage. No yeah, longer regained Latin consciousness. Casino. That's right. You know, he no longer regained consciousness. And even whilst he was being looked after up until about 1980 when he died, there was double dealing going on, neglect in his care. They say that he may have been able to have come out of that uh, stroke. It's just an incredibly sad story, but it's one that deserves to be heard because he truly is one of the greatest singers of the 20th century. No doubt.
that was from the late 60s, a 45 called Just Be Sincere. And this is a track by Jackie called You Got Me Walking. Followed by Since You Show Me How to Be Happy, another 45.
fantastic selection of Jackie Wilson and it's just so wonderful to hear so many great Jackie tracks in a row. <laughs> some of the different stuff, some of the more obscure Jackie as far as uh, his discography is concerned. Uh, Jackie, uh, better days ahead to that brother, man. May he rest in peace and it was yeah. nice to know the love that he got you know, after he wasn't able to realize it when it's once he had fallen into that coma in 75. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think it's um, up to us and other people to keep his spirit alive because the man has a lot of wonderful soul to offer, no question. Mm -hmm. Very rarely in this genre of music you get to say what if, but I tell you, Jackie Wilson had to be the biggest what if in all of soul music. As mm -hmm. Even though he did you know, gain stature, yeah. it would have been amazing to see what would have happened if he had had the right folks behind him. Yeah, I mean, even though um, some of those records, like You Got Me Walking, written by Eugene Records from the Chai Lights, mm -hmm. and uh, he had some great songwriting in those later years, um, Higher and Higher, and uh, there's even a Sam Dees tune, we'll have to play that in the future, on uh, that final album from 75. Um, so he had the great songwriting, like we were saying on the break about how Barry, the early track he wrote was uh, Repetite. Repetite. Yeah. Could have, sure Barry would have liked to have him have, have, have gone the Motown direction and certainly with that machine behind them he would have been big if not bigger than Marvin even. No, he would have been huge. I mean, yeah. he, long before there was a Michael Jackson or, 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 or Prince or the artist or whatever he wishes to call himself now, Jackie Wilson would have been on that plateau by himself with very likely a James Brown but with very few folks in that neighborhood I tell you. Here is a wonderful track showing you that there was other things happening in Philly. It wasn't just Philly International. This uh, Barbara Mason track, this is a wonderful mid-70s track recorded at Sigma Sound on the Buddha label.
a wonderful Denise LaSalle track and before that was Barbara Mason and nice pairing those two together you know two sort of underrated soulful 70s singers both of them still around today very much so uh, early Denise LaSalle and a little bit later Barbara Mason Mason starting out as, as a teenager, actually, um, singing some early stuff. She had that classic hit, Yes, I'm Ready. Yeah, that was a huge, huge hit. I guess that must have been about the or the mid-60s or so. Yeah. 66, maybe? Mid-60s. I, I know Denise LaSalle's put out a bunch of records on Malico um, in the 80s that I haven't listened to in depth yet, although there's supposed to be some good moments there, too. Um, but Barbara Mason, I'm not really sure what she's doing in the last 15 years or so. 
I don't recall seeing any records by her, so I'm not sure if she's still alive. Yeah, well, I would assume she's still alive because she surely had enough work where if she had passed on, yeah, the industry would have made some statement about it. Well, the, another man um, on West End Records was a disco hit in the early 80s. That's the last I remember hearing about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and Ms. LaSalle, that classic southern transition coming from mississippi to chicago and Mm. then you know back down again because you know now we know that she is doing a lot of work exclusively back home with malico yeah yeah back down to malico uh, with tommy couch and the crew looking forward to getting some cds from tommy soon send that product (laughs) (laughs) send that product up tommy i'm gonna be on the phone to you soon that's a a great great label today ladies and gentlemen one of the few Real soul labels left with great songwriters and great musicians. Malico, killer stuff. And I will be focusing on that coming up in the future. And we're going to now go to Bloodstone. Now, here is a band. um, They came out in the early 70s on uh, London Records, I believe. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Charles McCormick, was that the name of the lead singer? Yeah, McCormick was the lead singer. Uh, Guys were from Kansas City. I believe Missouri, not Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri, and they broke out with Natural High, and it was just one of those songs where they were lucky. Everyone loved that song. I mean, I remember that was one of the few tunes that got played right away on the New York stations because it was just so big everywhere that even the politics couldn't stop it from getting on the air.
Yeah, well, it's kind of exciting for me, Mike, because um, soul connoisseurs from various countries I've um, heard and read and talked to over the years raved about this track, Never Let You Go, and I finally get to hear it. Came up with a copy for just a mere four or five bucks last week. <laughs> what a track this is, ladies and gentlemen. Let's check it out now. Bloodstone. You know, sometimes the one you love can hurt you very, very much. And the whole world becomes a drag. But what gets me down most of all is when they do it time and time again. They seem to run their little thing in the ground. But it's alright. I still love you so right. I still love you. I still love I was just about to call it quits And everyday problem I didn't stand a prayer And you came along And hope was there There had been time When I thought that I Could tune right up And break down and cry your hand You made me stand You said be a man Yes, I know you can And each and every day yeah, You never fail to say With me always stay Please don't go away And in return You know I never will You know I never will Yes, I never will Oh, oh, oh. Never, never, never let, let you go, go.
wonderful temperies some really nice sweet soul sounds there you know kind of like that never got to hear uh much of the temperies they were definitely a a regional group as far as um, their sound was concerned we didn't get much of them up north or along the east coast but they were definitely part of the the stacks family i guess you could say at that time in the early 70s you know it's become apparent to me as the years have gone by just the wealth of stuff on that Stax label. I mean, the Soul Children Records Friction is one of the most amazing soul albums I've ever heard, and that's from an album called Love Maze. Mm-hmm. And the track Love Maze, what a screaming falsetto in that one. Ooh, for sure. But I, you know, I, I guess we made that point about what ifs earlier on about Jackie Wilson, as far as an artist was concerned, and I guess as far as uh, record companies are concerned, Stax. The Stax family would have to be the biggest what if for them to have as much as they had and then have it all fall apart like yeah, that. Yeah, unfortunately the label, label folding, I guess, around 75. Yeah. And that was a really sad time for soul music. An almost foreshadowing of hard times for soul music to come. Uh, the advent of disco, Ooh, the yeah. you know the record companies um, forcing people like Bobby Bland to make horrible disco records. Oh, God. I, I remember stuff like that. And, and it's true. You, know, you really hit it on it the uh, last show when we talked about that being the the death of soul or well, I guess in so much of a comatose state mm-hmm. because they were so insistent on forcing 
bad dance music on on folk. Yeah. But I guess before I gotta go, let me say out here to Port Moody, to Port Coquitlam, Burnaby, New Westminster, Vancouver. If you all wanna know where the soul trees grow, the roots of all that, and that that encompasses it, can be found right here on African Rhythms. Amen to that. That was Mike Ingram. I'm David Jones. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM on your dial. Peace and love. <laughs>